Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, it's because your intro sucks. Please step out onto the curbside. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curbside Podcast, the podcast where we talk about cars and everything to do with cars. My name is Jeff, I drive a 2004 Honda S2000, and I am your Southern Californian, Taiwanese American. I'm Andrew, no part this week. Uh, I drive a 2014 Evo 10 MR and a 2015 Subaru BRZ. Mm, a Z, eh? Yes, Z. <laughs> Z. So everything's on fire. Yes. Yesterday, the Bay Area looked like Mars. Yeah, waking up in California these days feels like you're waking up in Soviet Russia, or how I imagine what it was like waking up in Soviet Russia. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was in like a movie yesterday. It just didn't feel real all day. I went to a job site. I was just like, I don't know. There was like no time reference. It was just like a yeah, day. Like the entire day was just orange. Everything smells like a campfire. There's ash yeah. in my room everywhere. Yeah, uh, my car's gray. <laughs> it's crazy out here on the West Coast. And and, and uh, it's just another part of 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this week uh, we had a question from your girlfriend, Andrew. Uh, so yeah, my girlfriend, Mari, shouts out. Like, obviously... She wasn't into cars when we met, and obviously cars are a huge part of my life, and she likes it, she appreciates it, she supports me in all of my irresponsible car decisions, but she she's interested, but she doesn't know how to get involved in this whole thing, how to, people like you and me have gotten to where we've gotten. <laughs> yes, how, how do you go from cars seem interesting to let's start a podcast all about cars? Yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll try to help her out here and how to kind of engage yourself in this world of weird car people and cars in general. Yeah, that, that's a good question. I like that question because I'm sure a lot of car people would like more people to be car people. So yeah. they have friends to talk to and they're not always the weird one in the friend group so welcome to the curbside podcasts how to be a car person starter pack (laughs) yeah so what are your ideas on how to get into cars i'm just thinking about how we got into it right like obviously we started out like we weren't so involved in the car community we didn't like you were my car friend that's it literally like you were my car friend for a while um and I would say maybe in college, it kind of blossomed for me. I met people through cars. And I think in college for me, I lucked out because Mm. I met these people and they happened to like cars. It wasn't even interesting cars that like my friends in college drove. One guy had like, it was like an 04 Camry SE and we whipped the shit out of that thing. (laughs) I I think as a car person, you try to make any car you have interesting. Yeah. Like, remember we used to film videos with your old 7 Series that was falling apart? Yeah. And, like, people love that. Like, my friends love that thing, too, for, like, the brief moment it existed in slow. And then my other friend, Tyler, he had a 96 Passat TDI rip the shit out of that thing. I think it's just we all happen to love cars somehow and like we would go on drives with whatever we had i think the easiest way for anyone to get into cars my suggestion go watch top gear yeah 
<laughs> Why? Because, okay, to get into cars, to, like to get into anything, you have to have a genuine interest in it. And a genuine mm. interest is not developed through someone telling you facts and figures about stuff and stuff. That's how you bore people to death. But the reason why I say go watch Top Gear because it, it it's just a good TV show. And while you're watching the TV show and being entertained, you just happen to learn about cars. <laughs> and you learn about it more and more and more until you're genuinely interested yeah. in cars. And that, I think that's like the magic of Top Gear was that they tricked you into yeah. being interested about cars. Like, legit, okay. I used to go over to a friend's house. Wow, that's a foreign concept these days. <laughs> um, and we would all ha- we would hang out as a couple of us. Uh, me being the only car person. Oh, and uh, Joe from last episode being kind of a car person. There were three other people. Joe's wife and two of my friends who were just zero interest in cars. I would put on the TV Grand Tour episodes and everyone would end up watching it because it was just so funny. Yeah. And the stuff they would be doing was so interesting. It's just, yeah, it was dumb shit. It's like kind of like, <laughs> it's like jackass controlled with a massive budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is. And with middle-aged men. Yeah, which is even better. <laughs> it's fucking dads. <laughs> And I think like Top Gear also, you kind of, you learn about like the fun you can have with other people with cars, like your friends. Joe Joe's favorite sayings was like, ah, the worst best friends out there. <laughs> that means they're the best fucking friends ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you pick that up with those three people. It's just like these three people are having the most, they don't always drive the most insane cars. A lot of the times they're driving total shit boxes, but they're having yeah. so much fun with it. And like just being in cars with your friends and like making the most of what you have like uh-huh. you may you may drive a total junker and like it may not be quote-unquote cool or like a like a sports car or whatever but like it's still a car you can still learn on it you know i, I feel there's two types of car people right there's the car people who are car people for like the clout you know mm-hmm. i gotta be cool with my yeah. sick car I yeah. lower it because it looks cool. I take mm-hmm. it to some guy to lower it because, you know, I can't be bothered to lower it myself. And then as I'm driving it, I crash into everything, scrape into everything because, man, I can't be bothered to care about my car, actually. I just want to show it <laughs> off and whatnot. That only goes so far. <laughs> yeah. People, like, real car people will kind of see right through that. You know, that. That's when you get, you know, people talking about their v6 four-cylinder super turbocharged (laughs) engines you'll see this in top gear again you find the character of the car let's be honest it's not about the car itself it's the emotions you feel right that's true actually like it really doesn't okay i was just thinking about this like for my evo it's not really about like the potential it has to build like a billion horsepower at the end of the day it's like it has that potential and then like if i can build that like the way that fucking 800 horsepower evo will make me feel driving that thing i think that's what it comes down to it's like how your car makes you feel and like your attachment to it and the memories you make along the way 
Yeah, because if you think about it, let, let's think about this. You didn't buy it because, you know, it was the wise decision to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I Before buying this, I never drove or sat in one. I didn't know what the fuck it felt like. But, like, I just remember seeing it for the first time and remembering how that made me feel like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Or whatever. Like, I didn't know what owning an Evo or even being in an Evo would be like, but fucking bought it. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the feeling of this was your dream car. I don't think you could get into cars through pure cars. That's true. Unless unless you're like your dad or something was like into cars already and you grew up around it. Yeah, again, but that's like, that's not like I was interested in the car. It's because like me and my dad used to do this mm-hmm. and then it developed from that. I know David Patterson, that dude in blue, his story was like he, you know, was having a really difficult time and he ended up going to a car meet and meeting mm-hmm. people there were really yeah. cool, really nice. So I don't think the motivation to become a car person comes from the cars. It, yeah, it's something. It's yeah. it's something it's else that drags you something. into it. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a really interesting topic. I've never really thought about how we got here and like why we actually like really really like cars i've never really thought about that like this is kind of eye-opening even to myself so hopefully the listeners find it kind of interesting yeah because i think even just now we kind of turn we took a turn into like being weird car people just now (laughs) someone that's like someone that's just started like they're like oh cars are kind of cool like "Mm, whatever they the last five minutes have made no sense to them yeah, I was like, what, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, watch Top Gear is what I'm saying. Yeah, watch Top Gear with your friends. If this hasn't been a good enough advertisement for <laughs> you to go watch Top Gear and the Grand Tour, we are doing this for free. Free, non-sponsored. <laughs> yeah, and I think we touched on this. We touched on this in our interview with Doug, but I think Top Gear created an entire generation of car enthusiasts. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's like not, he, I don't think there's a current like there's a single car enthusiast out there that's under like 35 maybe yeah that isn't into cars because of Top Gear like Doug was right if Top Gear hadn't existed there probably wouldn't be as many car enthusiasts as there are now yeah. I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't be that much of a car enthusiast <laughs> like I would have yeah. lost interest ages ago yeah I think that's a really good segue to get into it and then if you're genuinely interested in like the modified scene or like you want to learn to work on your cars that's when you can kind of get with your friend and either go to shows together and then meet people that way man this this ended up being not this this is not a how to become a car person episode this is watch top gear episode (laughs) watch top gear and why are car people so weird explained (laughs) shall we go to our break yes A break time. Uh, hello. Uh, you can check us out at thecurbsidepodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our things. We also have a YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. Thank you for the, I think, 183 Three. subscribers we have right yeah. now. Thanks, y'all, like for... Plus 10 from last week already. Yeah, thanks, y'all, for subscribing. You know, we hope that we can make more videos, but right now we're we're busy. Uh, yeah <laughs> there's also so, like nowhere to go and it's like incredibly unhealthy to be outside <laughs> yeah first it was extremely hot and then now yeah, it's just it's crazy ash 
outside. It, it ruins the lighting for videos. <laughs> yeah, everything all orange. Like, unless you, yeah, unless you want your video to look like The Martian or something. Uh, but anyways, you can also find us on social media. Uh, Instagram is at the Curbside Podcast. Twitter at Curbside Pod. Facebook at facebook.com slash the Curbside Podcast. Yeah, and if you want to email us, uh, the email is the Curbside Podcast at gmail.com. Time to go back to the show. All right, it is time for the ramen, baby. <laughs> I have a bowl of ramen in front of me, so I'm sorry. I'm fucking hungry. Um, Lucid Air. Do you remember them? Yeah. So they came out with their uh, production vehicle, and mm-hmm. you know, I had some doubts because I always think like you know these new startups and whatnot when they have these grand ideas and they don't mm-hmm. have a production version of it. Yeah. I was like, hmm, is it actually really going to happen? But uh, they actually presented their production vehicle this week uh, through a live stream, I think. I'm impressed, actually. Not just by the car, but by kind of like the engineering and thought behind the entire company itself. So here's some headlining news on the Lucid Air itself. Uh, it's an electric car, and I think Lucid says it's built around the idea of space. It's like efficiency in space in terms of the cabin, in terms of the drivetrain, in terms of storage space. The big selling point of this car was that they were able to maximize the efficiency of the drivetrain. Basically, get the most power and range out of as small a package as possible. They managed to squeeze an independently verified EPA range of 500 miles. And it's not like they just shoved a massive battery into it. It's a smaller capacity battery. And I thought to myself, well, okay, they invented a new battery. It's probably going to catch on fire and blow up because, you know, it's a startup. The thing is, though, they have actually tested these batteries. How? They've been one of the main suppliers of batteries to Formula E. Lucid? Yeah. All this time. Whoa. And, like, the amazing feature of that is that they were able to achieve one full race distance on a single mm-hmm. charge. Damn. And they've had 0% failure rate. Yeah, I've never heard of a fire in Formula E. That's amazing. Yeah, and they've taken this. They've taken this technology and put it into the Lucid Air. And this company is thinking 10 years into the future as well. The entire, like, battery drivetrain and whatnot is built up like Lego blocks. Like, so, you know, sections of batteries can be added or subtracted to make bigger or smaller cars. Uh, Packaging-wise, frunk space. It has more frunk space than a Tesla Model S, a Mustang Mach-E, Jaguar F-Pace, and a Porsche Taycan combined. You take all their frunks and shove them together... Dude, I was going to say two of those were SUVs. Yeah. All right. Well, I I will say this. I don't think it's a particularly beautiful car, especially from the exterior. Yeah. I don't love it. It's not not a good-looking car. I mean, it's not a beautiful-looking car, but I think it's a decent-looking car. Um, It's very interestingly shaped because of the idea of space and whatnot Mm -hmm. that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, Um, that root, the, I don't know, that sloping, like, 
the rear roof. There's something weird about it. It almost looks like it's supposed to be like a removable hardtop. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff is all developed in-house, mm-hmm. which means it comes at a cost. Yeah. This is marketed as a super luxury vehicle, so think you're S-Class. Just to give you kind of like an idea of the target market, the first shop where you could get your car serviced, where you could get your car, you know, where you could buy your car is going to be in Beverly Hills. So yeah, of course, that tells you something. The lowest price of this car will start at eighty thousand uh, dollars. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> it's going to start at eighty thousand dollars. Is their hope to get it down to that? Uh, first, they're going to release the touring and grand touring models. Touring is going to be. $90,000, Grand Touring is $100,000. I'm just saying right now, the Bay Area is going to eat this shit up. And the Dream Edition, their first edition, all of the bells and whistles, special colors and whatnot, that's coming out at a whopping $169,000. That's pretty bold for your first car to charge that much. People right. got it. That's a leap of faith. Right? But I just really hope this car sells because it's not one of those, like, you know, kind of like companies that you're like, ah, it's kind of gimmick stupid thing yeah <clears throat> and i just hope that people give it a chance i know there's a lot i of, think people will yeah i hope because i know there's a lot of like toxic tesla fanboys out there who, they'll probably like destroy these cars yeah exactly oh it's so stupid it's, it's not as good as a tesla whatnot whatnot it's not elon <laughs> yeah but i think this is a really good car and an amazing first effort tired of teslas <laughs> um a more commonly known company, Maserati. Maserati! They they, they butted Ooh. their new MC20 supercar. Finally. Um, yeah. Like, when is the last time Maserati did anything exciting? 2004. <laughs> MC12. And that was a rebodied Enzo, basically. Yeah. And this looks like it's brand new. I guess kind of still looks like a Maserati because it has the pitchfork in the front. Yeah. It's a brand new engine, uses F1 technology, um, and I guess it's their attempt at getting back and being relevant in the car industry. To me, this looks like an Avaya. It doesn't It doesn't scream Maserati to me. Yeah, it looks kind of like, it, it looks kind of like an Avaya mixed with a MC12. You know, this is what Maserati needs. Yeah. It needs an exciting supercar to really put it back on the map as, you know, what it's supposed to be. But I'm not sure how much they've hit the mark with it. Yeah. I think... Do you think Maserati is too late to the game? A bit. I think so, too. Like, especially this year, when we've had so many announcements of freaking Mm -hmm. ridiculous cars. You come in with this, it's kind of... (laughs) You're not going to shake the world with a V6 start yeah. there it's just like even the design when i think about an italian car this is not it no it's not nearly as exciting as i want an italian car to be yeah it's kind of plain uh interesting thing about this is that plan for the future is that it it's gonna come with the twin turbo v6 it mm-hmm. also might come with a hybrid system and it might also come with a full electric version still not enough yeah <laughs> Um, I think it'll be coming in at like 200 grand. Yeah, I think it's a little too late for Maserati. If they had released something much more interesting, I think it would have been. Yeah. In other news, from <laughs> oddly enough, from the same company. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, Fiat owns Chrysler, that yeah. owns Jeep. 
that also owns Maserati. The Grand Wagoneer concept has come out. Oh, it's just a concept? It's a concept that is... That looks, looks production like, ready. Yeah, pretty much production ready. It's like concept in quote. Uh, but the Jeep Grand Wagoneer concept came out. I was very excited for it because of everything, all the retros that have been coming out from America. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed. Me too. I'll say that it's not a bad looking car. It doesn't remind me of the original. That's the thing, right? Okay, Wagoneer is coming back to Jeep as a luxury arm. Like, think Land Rover, Range Rover type deal. So there's going to be two cars, uh, the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer. They're saying the Wagoneer is probably going to start around 60 grand. And then all the way up to the Grand Wagoneer, that's going to top out at like over a hundred grand. No. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it could, you know, it looks like it could play in that market based on, you know, the design, the materials it's using. The back end, the front end remind me of something that can compete with a Land Rover Discovery. I think the part they really messed up on was the side. Yes. It's too flat and slab-sided, too. It looks like your Chevy Tahoe. It looks like your Lincoln Navigator, right? Yeah. And maybe I mean, that's what they're going for. But that C-pillar being color-matched really bothers me yeah. for some reason. But the thing I think they really messed up on is that it doesn't have the same shape, that iconic shape yeah. of the original. Like tail-heavy. <laughs> yeah. It looks yeah. too generic SUV, which, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's not going to sell because of that. It's just really disappointing to see that it's, you know, it doesn't look like that because that's what I was excited yeah. for. Yeah. Like, we, we've been gassing up, like, American companies and how well they've been doing with all these retros, but I think they missed the mark here. I think if this wasn't labeled as the Wagoneer, it would have maybe done better. Yeah, like, it, I, I would have been more impressed by it. Like, I was really afraid the Grand Wagoneer would come out as a, basically, a really souped-up Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, yeah. It's kind of what it feels like right now. Yes, I agree. And, yeah, that's going to be our show for this week. Thanks, guys, as always, for listening. And, uh, you know, as always, you can check us out at thecurbsidepodcast.com. Please go rate us on whatever podcasting app you would like to listen to us on if you can like apple Podcasts, you could leave us a rating we are on spotify we're on google Podcasts, stitcher tune in and share it with your friends if you like the show and think they would be interested in it would be really awesome yeah subscribe to us uh look us up on youtube just look up the curbside podcast subscribe to our channel like our videos if you like them dislike them if you think they're stupid which some of them are mm, yes <laughs> but any feedback is greatly appreciated uh you can also find us again on social media on instagram at the curbside podcast uh twitter at curbside pod facebook at facebook.com slash the curbside podcast hit us up if you uh have any topics that you're interested in or give us feedback let us know if you liked our episodes or whatever yep and uh thank you to get dope for Our theme song, Fast Cars and Wild Hearts. And as always, my name is Jeff. I'm Andrew. Remember, drive safe, and life is too short to drive boring cars. Fast cars and wild hearts.